You're listening to Breaking the Silence by Reach 10, where we are creating a culture of healthy sexuality through courage, compassion, and connection to overcome the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds topics like pornography and sexuality. We are your hosts, Chriselle Simons and Karina Orm, and today we are breaking the silence with the introduction of our podcast. We will explain what this podcast is all about, what Reach 10 is, and stories of us, your hosts, and how we came to be a part of this incredible discussion. Thank you so much for joining us today on Breaking the Silence. Welcome, listeners. We're really excited to share our first ever podcast episode with you. Let's start off with what this podcast is all about. So, Chriselle, can you tell us a little bit about what is, quote-unquote, Breaking the Silence? And why did we decide to make that the title of our podcast? Totally. I, I really love this name um, because, because of this idea that um, a friend and I, we were talking about the issues with pornography and the issues with healthy sexuality a couple years ago. And he was like, this totally reminds me of Harry Potter. And I was like, what? where does harry potter fit into this but but then we talked about it and how in harry potter they they called voldemort you know who and it created so much fear about about voldemort and and it it created this culture of, of fear and darkness and and it wasn't until harry was like no like this is his name and and i will call him this and i'm not afraid of that that that's where harry really got a lot of strength and and his mentor was also very helpful with that. And I, I've really like gravitated towards that, especially with pornography and, and healthy sexuality. I think that there is a lot of fear and a lot of shame and a whole lot of silence around this topic because of the pain and the anguish and the hurt. And, and so we want to break that silence. We want to, we want to break that pattern by, by talking about it, by focusing on the good and the light in the world and focusing on what we really want to have, which is healthy sexuality and healthy relationships and, and healthy perspectives that promote healing and connection and belonging rather than that separation and, and heartbreak that has been so prevalent in our culture. Hmm. Very cool. Well, I am so excited too break the silence with you, Chriselle, on all these topics. Totally. It's going to be a fun time, a journey. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. So um, Reach 10 is is a nonprofit, but I want you to tell us a little bit about like our mission, Creed. I, you've been involved for a while, but tell us, a, tell us a little bit about that. So Reach 10 is a nonprofit organization that was officially started in 2017 uh, by founder Vanna Davis. Vanna was involved in the fight against pornography for some time, and she noticed a, a need for connecting young adults with each other and teaching and empowering young adults to, to talk about pornography and healthy sexuality in, in non-shaming ways. So she began Reach 10 with lots of other young adults. Uh, so essentially, this, this nonprofit is run by young adults for young adults. It's a place where Young adults can learn to how to really connect and be vulnerable with each other, uh, share experiences that help us to grow together and live more healthy and successful lives, specifically regarding uh, issues surrounding healthy sexuality. The name Reach 10 is a call to action, essentially saying, hey, start reaching out to people about these topics. Start with 10 people. Once you start with 10 people, Hopefully you'll be comfortable up to that point to really continue talking about it in natural uh, ways. So that is that is what we're all about. We're about connecting young, young adults so that we can overcome shame, silence, and fear with courage, compassion, and connection with regard to topics like pornography and, and healthy sexuality. Yeah, I, I think you summarized that perfectly. Um, I've been a part of, of the journey of Reach 10 since like even before 2017, but like years and years ago, I remember sitting in Vana's living room talking about this and feeling so excited that, that there were a group of people that wanted to create this kind of culture. And cause that's what I've been like hungering and thirsting for, for so long. And, and I think it's such a beautiful thing. And I, I'm so excited about this podcast because it's going to create something that we can share, something that we can continue to move forward and, and have to reference back to and, and to hopefully have some more tools for people that yeah. want this. It's a great organization. If you want to learn more, you can go to reach10.org 
to learn even more about us. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of disclaimers before before we really jump into to our stories today and and even into this podcast, we we want to make sure that that you understand that we are regular people. Um, Creed and I are, are just normal people like you and I, and and we want to help our um, our society to get more connected and to be more healthy and to overcome the obstacles and to have success in their relationships, especially. Um, as well as with like success with the relationship with ourselves. I think that's really where that, that relationship begins with. So in this podcast, we are going to share what we, what we have found that has helped us to have this happiness and this healthy like lifestyle and, and, and what we continue to work on. And we want everyone to have that same experience. Um, we also, we, we recognize that like our beliefs are very based in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, and this, this podcast is not like promoted by them, but, um, that's like where our background is from. And a lot of the people that we work with are from there, but we want this podcast to be able to reach like all those that want to live like happy and healthy lives. Um, and, and so often these principles that we talk talk about are going to be Christian principles or Christian Christian principles that that can be applied in any really any relationship um and and if you you have questions reach out to us um if you have like if you you're passionate about this topic and you have things that you want to share please reach out to us um our email will be in the show notes um as well as you can just reach out to hello at reach10.org Perfect. Thank you, Chriselle. I think it's really important for our listeners to understand our own background and, and kind of the context of this podcast and how we came to be here. So let's uh, dive in a little bit more by introducing who we are uh, and what we like, what we don't like, <laughs> where we come from, things like that. So uh, Chriselle, why don't you start? Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, for sure. I so I graduated a couple of years ago and I am a sugar mama. I am working as my husband is finishing up grad school this year. So I'm a recreation therapist um, and I love all things play. I grew up in a family of five kids and I grew up in a small town. They didn't even have one stoplight in that town, which makes it sound smaller than it was. But we created our own fun in Morgan and it was really great. And I love, um, I love the outdoors. I, I love being outside. I love skiing. I love water skiing. I love mountain biking. I love cycling. Um, and I love doing those things with my husband. We got married just about a year ago and I am so grateful for him. There's nothing I like more than coming home and spending time with him. Um, and a little bit more about like my career. I work in addiction recovery and um specifically for substance abuse and and i my everything that i do at work is all about helping people to make healthier choices in their life that lead to the outcomes that they want rather than falling back into their addiction and so it's something i'm really passionate about is is really like the freedom and the um the health the healthy lifestyle that we actually want and and having that through like our choices so a little bit about myself. Cool, You're <laughs> yeah. awesome. Thank you for your work with uh, these young people, helping them through their obstacles. Yeah, yeah. it's good stuff. Yeah, you're cool. Mm-hmm. So Creed, your turn. Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm Creed Orm from Carlsbad, California. Uh, it's a place in San Diego. I lived in the same community my whole life until college. It's a, it's a beautiful part of California. I'm the youngest of five children in a family that is strongly tied to the gospel of Jesus Christ and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, So that is the faith that I grew up in, and it has played a vital role in my life. Uh, So some hobbies that I really enjoy doing uh, happen to be intramural sports like volleyball, ultimate frisbee, soccer. I really enjoy dancing as well. I like learning about life and interacting with people. I love just talking with people and learning about them. Right now I attend college at Brigham Young University in Utah. I am majoring in family studies and am now applying to a master's into master's programs for marriage and family therapy. So I plan to be a individual couple and family psychotherapist. 
I love this and I am really excited to tell a little bit of my story and, and what got me involved in this and, and where I come from. And my intention in, in telling my story and, and Creed, I don't want to speak for you, but I think I think it's similar just based on conversations I've had is not to not to say that my story is everyone's experience with pornography and, and with the like their quest to figure out what healthy sexuality is. Um, but to, to really open up and share about what it felt like for me and why, why I'm so passionate about talking about this and, and why I'm so excited to interview people that, that know more than me <laughs> about this topic and, 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 and interview people just like you and I that, that have to do with this, um, that, that feel similarly. Great. Well, now that our listeners know a little bit more about us, uh, why don't we dive into the juicy stuff, Chriselle? Let's let's learn about why you're passionate about these subjects, and what you want to share uh, with people so that they can live better lives. So, tell us your story a little bit. How did you come to be here in this moment? Yeah, for sure. I I think a lot of these stories start with our family of origin, and 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 mine definitely did. Um, I mentioned my family a little bit before. I am the oldest of five kids, and I love my family so much. And um, and we really had such a great like I, I I look back at my childhood, and in so many ways it was idyllic. Um, and I'm so grateful for the incredible experiences and, and opportunities, and even the hard stuff. Um, and, and so what this, what this looks like in my life, and, and I'm just going to, you know, kind of cut to the chase because we're talking about pornography and healthy sexuality. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, my parents, when I was about 10 years old, got involved with the fight against pornography and their involvement with that is they started piloting 12 step meetings for addiction recovery, specifically for pornography. And, and I was babysitting every, I remember every Thursday night, that was my job is to babysit the kids while they go to this meeting. And the story that I, or the narrative that I chose to tell myself about that as a little 10 year old was that my parents were experts in Jesus and experts in compassion and, and that they just like really loved people. And that's why they were involved with this. And I didn't want to believe that then maybe pornography had something to do with closer to home just because that would interrupt my right. idyllic narrative. Who would want to think right? that? So. Totally. And so I, um, that was the narrative I told myself. And, and with this, I started learning a lot more about the problem. Um, I started hearing a lot more about the statistics and the, the numbers and how much pornography was affecting everyone around me. And, and I, looking back, like I see how that affected my narrative and like why I was so adamant. I'm like, no, like this is not an us problem. We're just experts in it so that it never is an us problem. Um, and, and that really worked for me for a little while. And it was, it was hard. I remember I didn't like babysitting every Thursday night, but I'm grateful that I, um, was willing enough to, you know, help my family help out. out. Yeah. yeah. Nice of you. <laughs> yeah. And, and, when I was 12 years old, this is really when things changed for me. When I was 12 years old, my my mom had sent me out to, I think I was taking my dad lunch um, while he was like working home office. And I went out to his home office and I opened the door and, and I found him relapsing in pornography. And I just like dropped the lunch and ran. I, I did not know how to commute, compute that at all. I, my narrative was crushed in, in so many ways, this, this narrative that I told myself about my parents. And, and my dad went from being like the knight in shining armor that like saving everyone to now he was like the bad the guy. The wounded warrior right. or the bad guy. Right. Yeah. And the wounded warrior is probably a lot better way of putting that. I appreciate that. But but the was now like the person that I was so afraid of. And and my parents, I I wanna I wanna just also put this out there is that I'm I'm not talking about their story and their journey. Um, I'm talking about how like the, their actions and, and their experience affected me as as a child. 
Um, and I think that that's really important to, to discuss here. Um, I love my parents and I hope that one day they can share their incredible story um, because it has been a journey and, and, and I'm not going to focus so much on their part of the story, but mostly on how this impacted me. And, and they really did the best they could every step of the way. And I see that now. At the time, it didn't necessarily feel that way. Of course. But I, I totally see that now. And so my mom, she, she did her best to, to reach out to me. But again, my, my tendency at the time was to just kind of like pull away and to be like, okay, this is the narrative I'm going to tell myself now. Like, yeah, we've been affected by it, but we're overcoming it. And we're going to be the success story. And I don't ever want to talk about it. And like, just kind of put walls up. And, and that was just how I decided to protect myself. And, and my dad, he, um, he, he was working through it and I could see him, him really striving and progressing. And, and I could definitely feel and sense when things weren't, you know, as awesome as I wanted them to be. But at the same time, like things were really great. Um, and, and we made great progress as a family and, and my parents were able to work through that which I'm very grateful for. I know a lot of people who haven't had that experience um, and who have been very deeply wounded from pornography in, in their parents' relationships. Um, and, and so that, that, was, that was where it started. And, and by the time I left for college, things had, um, things had settled and I felt like my parents were in a, in a really good place. And, and I was like, yeah, I can leave for college now. Um, and so I left for college and, um, and I want to talk a little bit about how this impacted my dating life. And, and that's probably going to be a theme in, in my story is, is that, um, my, because my narrative now became like, we're overcoming this and, and I knew the statistics and all of these things. I was so afraid of men. Because that's what I believed is that it was a man problem, that pornography was, um, was, was just their issue. And, and the way to protect myself was to just completely shove sexuality and everything like that in a box in the corner and, and put it there and to keep everyone at least arm's distance apart. And what that meant is I intimidated the crap out of every guy ever, bless all of their hearts. And, and, and it was, but looking back, I just recognized that that's how I chose to protect myself. Um, and, and I was afraid of it. I was afraid to, to even like talk about it. And, and I knew a lot about it, but I would never talk about it. And, and I never opened up to any of my friends about what was going on because I just didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't know how to talk about how it impacted me. And it was a lot easier just to like keep going forward and, and, to, to pretend like everything was perfect. Yeah, keep um, it behind you. It's, it's harder to address things head on, right? Cause it can oh, totally. bring up so much emotion. Oh, totally. Totally. And, and complicate I, things it seems like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, and I didn't even know how I probably had like shoved all of those emotions so far down at that point in my life that like, I didn't even know how to start opening right. that box up. Right. So I went to college and, um, and continued to, try to date and and my goal at this point in my life was just to find someone who hadn't been affected by pornography um, because I, I decided that that was the way that the only way that I was going to have success in life find yeah. somebody who'd never like, never had a problem with it mm-hmm. it's going to be fine um, that way I don't ever have to to have the pain and the, the struggle because I saw that I saw that in my parents like I saw how hard it was for them um, and so I went on a Mormon mission and, and I, I loved my mission. And something I loved about my mission is, is at that point in my life, I really had felt like, like the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, and, and my beliefs in, in his, his gospel and, and in the scriptures and, and those things that we learned from there. Um, I, I had felt like those had really helped my family and me come through some, some, some darkness and to still have strength and so to be able to teach people about that and to to um to share my my hope that yes there's so many hard things out there and and you can overcome them and my family's overcome them and and i i loved that and i felt that on every level of of my experience and and when i came home i was filled with so much hope 
I, I was filled with so much hope and I was ready to, to start my own family and to, to really jump in and start dating and to believe that, that repentance is real, that people can change and that, that, um, that I didn't have to be so impacted by this. About the same time that I came home from my mission, um, it came out that my dad had fallen into his addiction again and had been living a double life for um, quite a few years and that his addiction to pornography and and I I use that because that fits my dad's experience um, right that doesn't that's not the case for everybody that uses pornography right totally it's not always addiction totally but but for, but for my dad like that was his experience and his addiction to pornography had escalated to a sex addiction and that had really just like, totally interrupted our lives and I will never forget um the day I found out about that I I, it was it was so painful for me and and I know it was painful for my mom and I know it's so painful for for her and I and for my dad and and for their relationship and and navigating like what do we do now like what's going on and it's it's painful for my siblings it's 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 been it's been a journey and this was about five years ago that this this all came out. And and my dad, bless him, um, he had the choice to to run, um, and to like just kind of peace out, and and to stay. And he, incredibly, he chose to stay. Um, and my mom, same choice, and and she has chosen to stay. And they have have really worked to to stay married and to and to work through the impact of my dad's choices and, and his, his sex addiction. And, and it's been difficult and it's been so difficult for me because what happened is my narrative of being like, okay, everything's fine. That crushed again, that crushed again for me because it wasn't fine. Um, it, 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 everything that I had believed and known, like had fallen out from underneath me about the same time I had been dating and I had been engaged to a guy and, and my understanding with this, this guy that I was engaged with is that he, he didn't have a problem with pornography. And I was like, yes, we've got it golden. Um, and, and that again, I realized through this experience and, and, and through this all, we ended up breaking off our engagement for a lot of different reasons, but I realized that that's not what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for someone who was perfect who, who hadn't ever had struggle, but I was looking for someone who loved God and, and who put their trust in him and was willing to have openness and transparency. And, and what I was really looking for was healthy sexuality because where I was at this point in my life was I, like everything was broken. My narrative was broken. All of this was broken and I needed to figure out what I really wanted and what that really looked like. Um, and so I started just jumping into every book I could find on healthy sexuality, um, going to my, I tried a bunch of different therapists and finally found one that fit and, and working through all my stuff and all of my shame and all of my, my heartache and, and my little box in the corner of my sexuality that I'd boxed up because I didn't ever want to look at that because that's what created so much pain and struggle in my life. And, and, and I started dating again. And, um, so would you say that you, you kind of began with this mentality of, oh, I'm, I'm going to find someone that just doesn't struggle with pornography. So you don't ever have to really address it. Right. Just mm-hmm. is something that somebody else can deal with, but yeah. not for my relationship. Right. Right. Um, to this point of actually more, more focusing on healthy sexuality. Totally. And what that looks like and, and finding a person that is willing to always, uh, seek after, health and change and growth right as opposed to perfection totally yeah and that's what I really started looking for and and that conversation started changing and I started playing with a lot of different ways to discuss that in dating relationships right because it's like not an easy thing to talk about exactly especially in a dating relationship right Mm -hmm. um and I knew that with my history and my past that it, it was even more charged for lack of a better way to say that because like I had a lot of 
feeling about it. Right. And so there were there were times that I had like great success in talking about it in my dating relationship in ways that was like really healthy and helped us like really understand one another. Um, and then there were times that it totally backfired and blew up in my face and created a lot of pain for both of us. And, um, but what I've discovered through that experience is that I really just wanted it to be like an open conversation. I wanted, I wanted to talk about pornography. I wanted to talk about, um, healthy sexuality. I wanted to talk about finances. I wanted to talk about like everything in a way that we were just open and transparent and honest with each other. And that's what I was looking for is someone who wanted the same things that I want and someone who's willing to, to talk about it and to, to really discuss and, and to come together and be united. And when I started dating my husband, George, um, we didn't talk about pornography on the first date. Oh, I did mention that I was involved with this on the first date. <laughs> right. Involved, but not specifically the topic. Of totally. In fact, I think, I think on our first day, I was like telling him how I was giving a presentation on pornography and talking about dating and pornography at, like the next day. And he nice. was like, okay. And I was like, we led with that. Nice. <laughs> um, but what what was really cool is as we we had that we had that open conversation and we continue to have the open conversation in our marriage, and and we have focused our our marriage on that healthy sexuality and and really bringing in all of the tools that we possibly can to have an incredible marriage, and to have um, really an exceptional an exceptional life together. And, and we're not perfect, but we're, we're sure working towards it. And, and I love him very much. And, and I am so grateful that um, I didn't believe the narrative that I did for a moment when this all came about is that I was broken and that there was no way for me to have a healthy, a healthy and happy relationship because like there is, it is possible. It doesn't matter um, because it is possible for all of us to find that healing and, and the happiness and, and the wholeness that we all so desperately want. And really that comes through compassion, through courage, and through connection with each other and with ourselves and with, with God, ultimately. So that's my story. And, and that's why I'm so passionate about this topic. Wonderful, Chriselle. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I really like how you had this, you've learned so much through your experiences, even though they were traumatic, right? Mm-hmm. But you've been able to use them in such a way to help you progress to, to more health or to more understanding. And now you can share it with others so that they can know that they too can, can work through traumatic experiences that they've had regarding sexuality, come to a spot where they're healthier and happier. And it's never, the work is never over. Oh, definitely. And I hope that that's, I hope that I communicate that is that like, this is something I'm actively working on, that I am actively like seeking out. And, and even the other day you introduced a book to me that I was like, oh, I need that book. And like, and every time I meet people and I love listening to podcasts, I love just hearing about people's experiences. Um, and you don't even have to be an expert on the topic for me to learn and, and to grow from that. And that's what I want to create in this. Um, and this podcast is just like an open conversation where we all talk about how to create the culture that we actually want um, in our lives, in our families, and in, in the community. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're all about. Totally. Open discussion. Let's talk about these things. No more silence. For sure. Let's get to, to truth and, and good things that can help us all in life. For sure. So Creed, help, help me understand what led you to reach 10 and to help you be so passionate about this topic too. Because I know you've got something there. Yeah, I've got a story. Uh, before I begin, I kind of just want to make mention that there may be some that might disagree with how my story has worked, uh, specifically regarding the same-sex attraction that I felt in my life. Uh, There's a lot of buzz topics in the world. One of them is LGBT stuff, and people have very big opinions about that. I've chosen to live with my sexual attractions and and my sexuality in my own uh, personal way that's meaningful to me and in a way that I found peace with myself and peace with God. And I know that it might not reflect uh, the beliefs of others or the way in which others choose to live with their uh, sexuality. Uh, so I just start off with that because along with my, my story, it's just uh, 
it's just entangled with God, faith, uh, same-sex attraction, pornography. It all has, it all works to get, it moves in together. I can't separate anything from it. So that's why I start off with that. I appreciate that disclaimer. And I think that's really important is that each, each of our stories and, and every person that we interview on, on this podcast, we all like, we're all doing the best like what we have and it's, we're living true to what we, we know and feel for us. Right. Everybody's on mm-hmm. their own journey, learning their own things. Totally. And I hope just listeners can respect that, mm-hmm. but also respect the journey, journeys of others too. My story does not need to look like anybody else's, right? Totally. So help me understand, Creed. Like, where yeah. did your story begin? Or, yeah. So, like you kind of started, I like to start off with how, how my family is. I grew up in a beautiful, wonderful family mm-hmm. where we were very tight, close-knit. We love each other. Uh, we loved each other then. We love each other now. And the gospel of Jesus Christ has been a huge part of our lives. Uh and much of our closeness and love for each other stems from that. And I had wonderful, amazing parents. And I'm incredibly grateful for all that they have done for me. They love me dearly. And they've always tried to teach me the best things so I could be the best person I can, can be. And they've done a great job. Uh, with one regard, though, they, they weren't very good at teaching sexuality. They kind of fell into this quite often shortcoming that a lot of parents have or have had uh, my peers' parents. Many haven't spoken to their their children about uh, sexuality. Coming to Brigham Young University, I've learned that my story is similar in that regard to many others. And it simply, I think a lot of it just has to do with the times that our parents lived in and the way they were brought up. And they were trying to do the best they could um, in, in that regard. But I didn't get a healthy sexuality education growing up. Uh, in fact, it wasn't talked much or at all to me. And if it was talked about, it was mostly about the don'ts. And all I, the, the first real message about sexuality that I got was that sex was bad. And I learned this message through the way that my parents would fast forward or, or block the TV screen when there was a sexual scene that happened in a movie. And that's just kind of the message that I received from this taboo subject, this this quiet and hush-hush thing called sex. And all that taught me was that it was bad, that people didn't do it. My parents would would never do that. (laughs) Uh, Righteous members in the church wouldn't do that, right? (laughs) I just thought it was something that bad people did for a long time. And... I, I mentioned this aspect of my story because, and we'll mention it more in future uh, episodes, the importance of, of parents to be proactive in their teaching of healthy sexuality for their children, especially in the formative years before puberty. I like to think that eight years old is like the, the limit. Don't, don't go beyond that, meaning don't wait until after eight years old to start talking about these things because we live in a different time now where... All of these kids are just enveloped in sexuality. And if parents aren't proactive about teaching them uh, appropriate ways to express it, the world will teach them that. And and the world might not teach what parents would want, you know? Yeah. And so if parents really care about their children, they're going to have to talk about these subjects early on. So as far as my experience, so I, I didn't know what sexual attraction was. I didn't know what sexuality was. Uh, sex. I was just confused. But as I hit puberty at about 10 years old, I started to have sexual attraction. I started to feel these funky feelings is what I used to call them. Uh, where I was drawn to look at people where I, I was just attracted to people. And in particular, I was uh, watching a movie once where there was some sensual dancing going on. And I realized that I was really attracted to the man that was dancing there. And from that point on, I, I wanted to look at more men. Uh, so I look, went to the internet because I didn't have my parents to go to. That wasn't a dialogue that we had. And so I went to the internet, of course, started looking at pictures of, of men. And then over time, these pictures of men, started have, they started having less and less clothing on. So it, of course, led to pornography. And 
once again, this was about when I was 10 or 11 years old. And this use of pornography continued until I was about 16 or 17. It was a incredibly difficult part of my life uh, to face for for those many years. Uh, now, how does it, how did this impact you like socially and like in your family, in your relationships? Good question. So I felt closed off from my family and from friends in a certain to a certain degree because I had this part of my life that I was hiding <laughs> and that I wasn't sharing with others. When I fell into pornography, I didn't know it was like I didn't really think of it as pornography, especially since it was towards my same sex, right? Growing up in the church and in my family, I thought I was supposed to be attracted to females, right? That that's what was supposed to happen. And I didn't think that that I would either be gay or be attracted to men in general. So it affected my relationships in a sense that I just learned to hide this part of myself mm-hmm. from people because the narrative that I heard uh, within my family too was that gays were bad and that they weren't good people. And I sure didn't want to be a bad person. So that definitely limited my ability to connect with others or to help my parents and family really understand who I was or what I was feeling or experiencing and get help because I wasn't able to open up to them. Due to these aspects of shame regarding my same-sex attraction, my shame regarding pornography use and masturbation, all of this uh, was warped in together into a, a, into a place that, that caused me to be separated emotionally from those around me which can be a very lonely and hard uh, aspect of life, especially during critical years of uh, development when we're supposed to be engaging well with friends and family. I felt, I felt distant from others. I had quite a bit of friends, um, but I didn't ever feel like I was able to be very intimate emotionally with them. Uh, because I was hiding things. And I didn't realize this during the time, but looking back from after I, I've learned a lot, I realized how closed off I was from everybody by the amount that I hid and that I was ashamed about. Yeah. So did you ever open up to anyone or yeah, what did that look like? Right. So after struggling with pornography uh, for several years um, and also my struggle with coming to grips with my sexual attractions to men, I I realized through uh, church and I believe the spirit telling me that, okay, Creed, this is actual pornography. This is not, this is something unhealthy for you. This is, in a sense, ruining your life. You're taking up so much time doing this away from everybody else. Uh, it's affecting your uh, education, your sleep, your ability to connect with others. This is, this is pornography, this is not good, and you need to, you need to get help. So, it will, you, first of all, you need to stop. So I tried to stop on my own from, from all that, but I couldn't, I couldn't do it on my own. I, I kept trying, I was so, sober for a little bit, but then I fell, fell right back into things. And over time, I realized that I had to reach out if I was actually gonna get out of it. I had to humble myself, uh, accept the fact that this was an addiction, because of my compulsive desire to always go to it. Uh, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop thinking of men in sexual ways. And I just wanted to break free. I was tired of of feeling this loneliness, of feeling like I couldn't control myself, of feeling this just this darkness and this, I felt like I was in a pit and that I couldn't get out of. But I realized I, I had to take courage to talk about it with someone. And so I, I definitely, thought my parents were the first people that I definitely needed to open up to about it in order to get help. So at about, I'd say close to 17 years old, I finally talked to my parents. I said, hey, I would like to talk with you. So we met in their room. I told them about my pornography use, masturbation, and about my about how it was same-sex pornography too. That was the hard part for me, was really that. But I was able to say it, I'm really grateful for. And I was really impressed by my parents. They responded with much kindness, much compassion. They were 
uh, eager to listen, to understand. They cried with me, and it was it was a great experience. That that was very helpful for me to to feel like okay, now I they're a part of my team. Now I can work with them on how to overcome this this problem, but more so to overcome the underlying problems, right? Mm-hmm. I believe that pornography and other sexual misbehaviors are are kind of the the peak of the the iceberg, not the not the bottom part, the foundation that that actually that's the real problem. My my real problem was needing to open up with others about my experience and and get rid of the shame about who I was or what I was experiencing and this was a critical first first part in that journey of, of debunking the shame that I felt and and coming closer to God and others by by opening up to people. So uh, moving forward, I I began to improve in my uh, in my ability to resist temptation, you could say, or resist moving back into into these sexual misbehaviors. I worked with my church leaders. I spoke with them about these issues, and I started to get better over time. And I was really happy to see my progression. I couldn't believe that I was actually getting better. I would beat myself up. But getting better, like, help me understand that a little bit. Thank you. Yeah. Getting better regarding not going back into pornography or masturbation. So I didn't quite address same-sex attraction very much at all actually, and I wasn't ever trying to get better from that. Through research that I had done on my own during that time, I just realized that same-sex attraction might simply just be a part of my life, but it didn't have to define my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have to be gay, meaning I didn't have to live the gay lifestyle. Maybe I'd have these feelings, but I could still live a happy, good life within the gospel. And, and that was what I felt. That's what I did. And so I didn't really address same-sex attraction. So when I say improve, I was able to move away from these sexual misbehaviors, right? Of like the pornography. Pornography. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Yeah. And like I said, it was a very helpful time for me because I began to improve, whereas I wasn't improving before. And I came to a point where I didn't have a desire to go back to that stuff anymore. And it was... An incredible experience for me to to feel released from these chains that I felt to yeah. always go back to pornography. Creed, I love that you just what you just said. I think that was so profound. Is that like your desires changed? That that like your um, and you were able to like channel that into like what you really wanted or what really brought that connection. I think that's so profound. Because that's something that I felt too, is like my desire was to like hide and like shove it away in a corner. Right. And then it finally came to like, no, like this is a part of the human experience. And like I desire this connection and this is this is what it's going to look like for me to have a healthy connection in my life. So right. I just wanted to... Like, and and those principles up. of connection and, and addressing uh, our sexuality head mm-hmm. on were lessons that I, I feel like I learned later. Mm-hmm. In this time, I was able to curb my behavior, yeah. but later I was really able to um, come to an understanding of, of myself and where I was able to be more healthy towards myself and towards my experience and the experiences of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and served a, a church mission in Argentina for two years, and I had a, a critical experience there where I felt like I was really converted to the gospel, and I felt like... Uh, Christ really became my number one. I felt like I could rely upon him on through everything, that there was nothing that I couldn't overcome through him. And that was helpful for me in order to really increase my, my relationship with him and has helped me have an understanding and broader perspective for how we all can come to live in a healthier and happier place like you experienced, Chriselle, mm-hmm. of, of learning and growth I think, at least for my and me and my story, Christ has been a big part of that. Yeah. So after my mission, I began to, I went to college and I started to date uh, girls because that was my plan. I, I believed that I had heard 
and I'd known of other successful marriages of people who experienced same-sex attraction who could also marry in the temple and have successful lives. So I felt like that would be my story. So, and I wanted that to be my story. So I, I dated and uh, continued in that way. I didn't ever, like I said, really address pornography or issues of sexuality with people. I was still kind of in this uh, stage of, oh, it just keeping it away in a quarter, shoving it away, kind of like, like how you did. Uh, it wasn't until I had uh, an experience about 10 months after my mission where it really caused me to really face my sexuality head on. I was like, okay, what am I going to choose? Am I going to choose uh, a certain a specific lifestyle that maybe would lead me away from the church or would I continue with the church? And I prayed about it for some time. I I took my time to really decide what I what I wanted in life. And I decided that I wanted the the church. I wanted the spirit of God with me, and that's what I felt like was where I was at my happiest, at my best, and it was following this course of the gospel. So that brought me to continue uh, developing my, my relationship with God and my, honestly, my relationship with my own sexuality as well. I learned that, okay, I have to address these things head on. I can't just shove my, my stuff away. And uh, using an analogy back to Harry Potter, Chriselle, since we love that so much, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of tie-ins we can use with that. Specifically with uh, um, the the idea of being an, an obscurus in the Fantastic Beasts movies, mm-hmm. uh, where there's there's this magic called sexuality, mm-hmm. and if we try to shove it or put it away or not address it or use it in healthy ways, we'll break out in mm-hmm. in misbehavior, misconduct, and in ways that aren't uh, within our own values. Much like an obscurus would if they mm-hmm. they try to hide their magic and and try not to use it. So that's how I felt. I felt like I, I needed to finally address these things, deal with them, understand them, and come to a healthier place. And up to this point, Chriselle, I still felt like I wasn't connecting well with others. I felt like I was keeping them at arm's length by not telling them about my experience, about who I really was. So by some miracle, I found uh, this opportunity to become a part of Reach 10. I joined this this class at, at BYU that was an on-campus internship with Reach 10. I was like, yes, I'm going to be a part of this fight against pornography. And I learned principles through Reach 10 that helped me overcome all the shame that I had felt regarding my experience. I learned about principles of courage, which means speaking from the heart and sharing my story with others in order to establish connection. Being okay with that vulnerability and overcoming all of that so that I could uh, feel close with others and really feel intimacy. And I share this a lot. I say intimacy is really into me see. Mm-hmm. If I allow others to see into me and hopefully they let me see into them, we can really feel connection and fulfillment in relationships that we may not have felt before. So I, I was so stoked to finally learn these principles and I started to open up to my siblings and to friends about my experiences with pornography and sexuality, and that has changed my life. I started to feel emotionally connected to people. I felt comfortable around people to be myself, and it has been such a blessing for me. So that is why I continue with uh, Reach 10. I continue to speak with them, learn with them, and, and help out, because I want everybody to learn these same principles that they can apply in their lives of connection, vulnerability, and overcoming shame so that we can all just live healthier, better lives, specifically regarding our sexuality. Yeah, I love that. I think that that your your experience and, and who you are is such a great example of our mission um, at Reach 10 as well as with this, this podcast. We really want to break that silence and, and really open up, open up the doors to really connect and to, and it takes courage. And I think you are the poster boy of, mm. of that courage and, and the connection and, and even the compassion. So thank you so much for sharing your, your story. Um, well, thank ahead. you, Chriselle. It's, it, takes, um, it takes a community to really change culture, right? And that's what we're trying to do. Uh, Reach 10 brings young adults together to talk about these subjects, subjects in order to change the culture of 
shame, fear, and silence surrounding these topics. So, uh, of course, kudos to you as well to be able to share your story. And it, it takes it takes a village to <laughs> to change culture, right? So I'm glad we can work arm in arm in this in this uh, discussion. Totally. And I want to just reiterate that that disclaimer that we started with. If if our stories or anything that we've shared today has brought up some strong feelings in you, um, we our intention is not to offend or to to push our beliefs on on anyone or our experiences on anyone, but rather to share our stories and share experiences and share our knowledge in a way that that helps you to learn and understand principles that you can apply to your life. Um, and so if they fit, awesome, run with them. If not, put it to the side. And, and if you are looking for help um, on our website, we have tons of resources for you. Again, that's reach10.org. Go there. Um, in our show notes, we'll include those resources. You can learn a little bit more about, about our stories and, and who we are. Um, and, and reach out. Uh, we, we hope that that if you are in a place of pain, if you are in a place where where any of this this feels painful or hard or difficult, that you reach out and and talk about that and get get the answers that you're looking for. Um, again, we're not trying to push like like it's it's a different experience for everyone. Um, we don't know exactly what you're going through, but we we care about each of you and and we want people to feel like they have the help that they need. Um, and that there are other people that want the same things that they do. And that's what we are about at Reach 10. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Chriselle. We are so grateful for all of you who are listening. And we hope that as you remain with us, that you will learn all these wonderful principles that can hopefully uh, help you in your own journeys uh, with regard to sexuality, pornography, and life in general. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence by Reach 10. Help us create a new culture of connection by sharing what you heard today with 10 people. Please help us reach more young adults by going to iTunes to rate and review our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Learn more on our website at reach10.org or follow our social media. We want our listeners to know that we share these views to open the dialogue on these tough issues. We are not professionals and ideas shared on this podcast should not be taken as professional advice. The opinions and views that our hosts and guests share do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10, and we don't guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard in this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture.